Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We often hear financial news pundits talking about manufacturing, mostly in terms of how manufacturing has all but disappeared from the United States. Locally, you might think of manufacturing as businesses on Highway 90 and other industrial locations that make equipment for the oil field. But there are other forms of manufacturing that are not giant plants churning out things made of steel. They're small shops turning out products made of wood and fabric. You might not think of a storefront like Parish Inc. as a manufacturing plant, but actually that's what it is. Parish Inc. has been manufacturing their own Acadiana-centric designer t-shirts and other apparel since 2010. They currently have three locations in Lafayette, and they sell their products nationwide. And they do custom designing and printing for customers from Houston to California. The co-founder, owner, and operations director of Parish Inc. is Tom Brown. Tom, welcome to Out to Lunch. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Manufacturing on a big scale can be a pretty soulless endeavour. Small-scale manufacturing, on the other hand, requires heart, soul and particular craft skills where art and design meet machinery. That's what goes on at Crossgrain Studios in Lafayette. You've probably seen Crossgrain Studios wooden signs all around Lafayette, outside businesses and subdivisions. And if you've ever been in the market for getting furniture you care about repaired or antiques restored, Crossgrain is the go-to woodshop. The owner and operator of Crossgrain Studio is Noah Mudge. Noah, welcome to out to lunch. Thanks for having me. Tom, when companies like Starbucks open multiple locations, they do sophisticated research so they don't put their coffee shops close enough to cannibalize each other. Coffee is a product that people who buy it buy it often, often every day. T-shirts and Acadiana-based apparel, on the other hand, you'd think would have a more limited purchase pattern. A sales consultant might suggest that someone who wanted a super cool T-shirt or baseball cap wouldn't mind driving a mile or two to get one. And I would doubt that this consultant would recommend trying to sustain three of these outlets in a place that has the limited population we have in Lafayette. But you do have three stores, and they're doing well. Before you opened your second and third locations, did you do market research, or did you just have a feeling it was going to work? One of the biggest things we did early in our business was we did a lot of on-site events. Even before we had a bricks and mortar, we'd go to festivals, we'd go to all sorts of things where we were selling on-site, and we just found whenever we put our products in front of people, they tended to buy them. So we just kind of took a springboard off of that and, and, and stretched out a little bit. So the decision to open the second store, was that a leap for you guys? Uh, yes. Yes, that was as big a leap as the first store. Um, because it, we were going to be diluting our market a little bit. Uh, it worked out fine. Um, the third store was, was not quite as uh, tricky. Was, and was, are there plans to open a parish ink on every street corner in Lafayette? I would say not at this point. <laughs> we're happy with three stores we'd, for now. We'd like to see uh, the price of oil stay up for a bit longer before we uh, jump too deep in. 
That does sound like a good business decision. Noah, when you have a business like yours that's wholly reliant on your personal artistic ability and woodworking skills, it can be very rewarding creatively. But the business side of business requires a slightly different brain. Are you able to switch back and forwards easily between the creative and the business side during the day, or do you have days where you carve out, no pun intended, where you carve out a day for accounts or you carve out a day for paperwork? Uh, Yeah, the... The switching is not easy. The the uh, carving out, as you say, is is exactly what has to be done. Uh, I have to force myself to sit down and and do the business side. Um, I try to uh, have a strict schedule because of all the reading and podcast listening you do. And you know, this is how creatives can be more successful, and on and on. But it's difficult. Uh, you know, I have a full set of reminders on you know every Tuesday morning at eight there's an alarm that goes off says you got to sit down and do your books and you know all that stuff and half the time they get blown over and I'll do that later and and uh, you know you're forced to come back to it at a certain point because oh I have to make a decision on something that is a financial decision so now I have to go do my books to make sure it's an appropriate decision right now and both of you is your business driven by the creative side or the business side or are they the same thing um, well, I have a partner for that. Uh, Bram Johnson handles... Who is one of the most creative people on the planet. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, he kind of chases different dragons by the tail, depending on what he's into that month. Some, sometimes it'll be a certain style of uh, illustration. Sometimes it'll be uh, something he's going to cut with our laser. And that often will take him weeks. We'll go down a rabbit hole and come up with something that we can sell and, and be profitable on. Uh, my job's a little different. I come in every day. I run the payroll. I make sure all the equipment's working. Uh, I make sure we stay in compliance with the government. So uh, So you think of yourself as the business side and Bram as the creative side? Yes. And there's, there's a tiny bit of overlap in that we work on processes together. We work on manufacturing ideas together. And most of our best business development in terms of new ideas and things we're going to develop happen over a beer after work outside of the office that's when we that's when we kind of brainstorm what we're going to do and no then, well, wouldn't it be great to have a partner that, oh, yeah. that did the other side to you do you have a beer with yourself at the end of the day <laughs> uh, and yeah the, that, that's the way it works out sometimes uh, you know since uh similar to tom um i have i guess some unexpected equipment you know that from the surface you might not realize you know we have a computer automated uh cnc router um you know it's kind of interesting on on any given day I may use uh, hand tools that were my grandfather's and at the same time I use you know uh, you know more advanced uh, computer controlled equipment that uh, you know takes a kind of interesting design background to even make it do the stuff that we want to do because it's designed to make cabinets instead of the the stuff that we do with it. So you Um, do restoration you do a lot of beautiful signs for businesses do you then do your own work your own creative work as well? I try. I try. Um, I'm kind of, uh, for a number of years now, I've been at a little bit of a crossroads where it's difficult to get your personal projects to find time for them um, it, because we are blessed of having so much work. And so that's kind of a difficult spot. At, at the same time, it's, you know, in a lot of businesses, it would be an easy situation where you hire some more people, you, you know, whatever. And the, the type of work that we do, that doesn't generally work. Uh, it's, it's very hard to find the people who are suited to work and the people who are suited to work and can learn the details of what we do 
uh, or creative enough to 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 handle that. Um, they also generally aren't the kind of people that work a 40 or 50 hour week. You know, you have to, you have to manage <laughs> yes. those people a certain way. Herding to get cats there. and creatives yeah, is yeah, the same thing. Ab- absolutely. And, and so that's kind of a, a spot, but at the same time over, I guess the last year or two, I've, I've kind of relaxed and learned to come to terms with that and realize that, uh, just a growth for the sake of growth is not necessarily, uh, the most important thing. Have you ever dug yourself out of all that work that came your way, uh, Sixteen. Yes, uh, for the most part, and that's a good example of a lesson learned to. Of no, where I learned not a lesson grow. about the flood. <laughs> <right>. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> so we we uh, we kind of learned a lesson there that um, uh, over over amount a large amount of work, if it's not the work that's ex- extremely fulfilling, is not always the good thing. And I almost made that mistake after the floods in Houston of really doing a push to reach out to designers there. Uh, you know, most of our work comes through our relationships with interior designers and architects and people like that. And, uh, you know, I put together a whole packet, done market research, and, you know, I was really gung-ho to, to do this, and then it just hit me for a minute. Like, some some moment I had in the shop was a, just a realization. I'm like, no, I don't want that extra work. It's, hard, not it's hard in business not right. to take the money and, and realize it's not always just about the exactly. money. Tom, exactly. what happens either when everybody in Lafayette has 12 perishing t-shirts already or t-shirts are suddenly not hip anymore? Uh, first of all, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I don't think t-shirts are going anywhere soon, but Bram and I have been developing lots of different things. Uh, we invested in a CNC laser, so we're doing laser cut jewelry. I feel bad I'm the only person at this table without a CNC machine and I kind of... <laughs> it's fun. Um, we're doing uh, drinkware, we're doing um, paper goods, we're doing all, all sorts of additional things. Because we realize some people just don't wear t-shirts. And some people say, I love your designs, I love what you do, I just don't wear a t-shirt. So. And we're, we're talking about technology here like everybody knows what it is. Can one of you explain what a CNC machine is? I'll let Noah take it. Uh, well, CNC just uh, stands for Computer Numeric Control, and it's basically on its very base level is uh, taking designs from from a computer that you would do just normally graphic design type work and uh, having a machine that is controlled to do the the work. I guess it gets uh, it gets a little complicated for me because I, I, I go off on a tangent. There's so many different types of CNC It's equipment, like a photocopy that a cuts out wood. Right. A, lay, a layman's term would be, I guess it's as simple as form as a robot. Yeah, that'll, it, that'll it definitely is. That's a good point because now when I, I feel when I have, even worse for not having one. <laughs> well, when I have kids come in the shop, sometimes I always, you know, hey, let me show you my robot, you know, and, and that is definitely a good way of putting Both it. Both of you seem to combine that modern technology like CNC and routers and things, and and still rely on that traditional creative work. Is there a time when you see that balance changing, or are both important? Uh, not for Parish Inc. Uh, almost everything we do starts with a, a pencil on a piece of paper, uh, and we, we'll figure out different ways that we're going to produce it and manufacture it, uh, but it, it almost starts with something very analog. Yeah, I'd agree completely because, uh, you know, for smaller shops like us, for us to be competitive and to do 
the uh, to bring alive the things that we want to we need the technology um, but what sets our things apart from anything else is that original creative side so being small businesses do you see it as an advantage or a disadvantage or both what specifically like because you're small because you do very local shirts is that an advantage oh, or a disadvantage you could you could suddenly do them for New both, York City it, and sell millions it's both really it, it, it um It allows you to, if you're if you're very small, you can be nimble. You can um, give attention maybe to um, an underserviced niche. Which is how really Parish Inc. started. Mm-hmm. People didn't wear T-shirts with Lafayette on mm-hmm. before that. And I had been in the in the in the printing business a while, and I knew about uh, similar companies in New Orleans, like Dirty Coast, and uh, actually my brother-in-law owned Storyville. Um, and I'd, I'd done, I started my business right around the time Jillian Johnson started her business in town. And we, uh, we worked together a lot. And after maybe five years of working almost exclusively with each other, we had, we had talked about it dozens of times. Uh, we should do a, a brand. And uh, finally one day, we went and had a beer. Uh, and she brought along her brother, so I, I immediately lost 17% of my company because when she told me we'd have a third partner, <laughs> we, we still joke about that. Maybe the best 17% of Absol- the company you abs- ever get Absolutely. It, it ended up working out, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of how we fell into it. Yeah. And she saw that need. She saw that people's love for Lafayette and started a whole Definitely. new... Yeah, and, I mean, on, on a side note, my... Uh, Jillian and, and uh, Bram did my logos uh, as some trade work at some point, I think, for a sign. And, uh, you know, Tom's printed them ever since. And I get almost as many compliments on my shirts and my logos as I do my, my work. I constantly have people wanting to buy them. And, it is a pretty you know, cool shirt. Is, they are great. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Noah Mudge from Crossgrain Studios and Tom Brown from Parish Inc. We'll be back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Noah Mudge from Crossgrain Studios and Tom Brown from Parish Inc. Tom, so where does it go from here? Do we get prouder and prouder of the culture here? Or is there a drop-off eventually where people are kind of, ah, I don't care anymore? I've seen a drop-off since um, everybody got laid off. You know, that, that, that hit the retail part of our business uh, I, I definitely noticed it. So the oil field has a direct impact on both of your businesses. Yes, and it was it was it was a it was a fair bit delayed when when I think pricing went down in fourteen. We didn't really see a dip in our retail sales till late twenty sixteen, and I thought that we were such a small ticket item that it may skip us altogether. But it, it, it finally came. Um, so we had you know a, a couple years of being off. Uh, fortunately, we we operate our business very lean, so it. We were never in danger, but it, it just wasn't the numbers I was used to seeing. Um, I do feel like that's stabilized, and I th- I'm cautiously optimistic. The last 60 days or so, I, I'm starting to see things creep back up. But with with that the experience of those two years and having this payroll you have to make every two weeks, I've really looked into uh, finding adjunct things for our business to do. We have this uh, incredible skill set, and... I mean, we just have some, some super nice equipment. Um, 
We have employees that are trained up, so I figure I just got to find a way to, to feed us more work. Noah, what affects your business more, weather or the economy? Oh, that's, uh, that's interesting. I would say on those weeks where we're having bad weather, I would definitely curse the weather. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, I would say the economy does have a big impact. And, and like Tom, we definitely try and run really lean, and that's what's uh, saved us over the years for sure, keeping as small as we possibly can uh, on most things. There are elements that you need to make that investment in, like our equipment and things of that nature. But uh, another thing that's helped us out a lot is the diversification because we do the, the restoration, we do custom furniture, we do the sign work, we at, at times do small run manufacture of uh, wooden wooden items. And I've had clients come to you for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. That. And and the uh, the thing is 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 it's really worked out well for us being that uh, diverse in the fact that when say when the oil field goes down. I actually find that our restoration business goes up. Uh, the other type, the other work, the custom work goes down. No one's really looking for expensive custom furniture when the oil field's down. So, Tom, we tend to talk about perishing as T-shirts. What mm-hmm. other diverse things do you have that keep that business well, stabilized? Doing drinkware, uh, jewelry, uh, paper goods, uh, ball caps. Um, I'm, Greeting cards. Uh, so there's pins, a lot of magnets. Yeah, there's a lot of small things that mm-hmm. keep you stable on a daily basis. Yep. Noah and Tom, this is part of the show that we call another great idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got that great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with. This is normally me. Or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have been really great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had that great idea for you? Did you take their advice? How did it turn out? Well, for me, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, like you were saying earlier, that you know, wouldn't it be great to have a partner like Tom? Uh, since... I started with my uh, CNC equipment when we we added that to uh, the business that we did. I've had numerous people approach me about that exactly, about partnerships in different forms. Uh, and at the end of the day, each time I've had to evaluate them. Usually, usually I like the ideas. Oftentimes, but most of the time, I found that the person uh, who was offering this partnership to me. Uh, didn't really bring anything to the table that I didn't currently have. Uh, they weren't that that yin for my yang, so to speak. They weren't. There was something in it for opposite. them, but not in it for you. That or or they they did something I already did. They they already had the same kind of the biggest thing they brought to the table was their work ethic. Well, I have an incredible work ethic. Yeah, thank you, my work you know, ethic's right. good. Yeah, exactly. Or they had they brought some creativity to it. Well, we you know I, everybody who works for me, it's extremely creative. You know, like it was never really that opposite side that, that uh, was beneficial. So, so you'd like an accountant I've, I've, yeah, who wants to invest in a CNC <laughs> exactly. machine. Generally, I've, I've, I've backed away from all those things. Um, yeah. Tom. Yes, ma'am. Same question. Uh, I have two people in mind. I think you both know both of them. Uh, the first, first piece of advice that uh, I wouldn't be sitting here without was Cody Chamberlain. When his studio was in the Mouton building, thank you. Um, I was printing as a hobby in a barn behind my house. And um, the corner spot on the bottom came open. 
And he said, Tom, you should open a t-shirt shop. I'm a designer in town. I'm always trying to get things printed, and it's, it's very difficult to get what I want. So I was 29 years old. I'd done a bunch of things up to that point. And uh, I took my last swing at being an entrepreneur. I just told myself, if this doesn't work, I'm going to go work for the phone company. And uh, worked out. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Cody, to that. And that got me started printing. And then I'll, I'll cite Jillian. Um, I've always had a very conservative, uh, tight, tight purse strings approach to, to business. And I, I think that's served me well. But when we looked at our, our current spot at the fun shop, her, Bram, and I sat down, looked at the rent, figured out how many T-shirts we'd have to sell a month to break even. And, um, and she says, she looked at Bram and I and says, guys, uh, if we can't do this, we just suck. So we, we, we agreed that we didn't suck. That sounds like a very Jillian <laughs> thing to say. And took a swing at it, and, and yeah. here we are. Yeah. So let's talk about where the ideas come from. I know you have Bram on your team. Noah, where do your ideas for your own things start? Are they you? Are they your team? Well, on the uh, custom work that we do, uh, it generally comes from ideas from uh, our designers. We work with with most of the really great designers that we have here in town as far as uh, architects and graphic designers and most of them have come that we deal with have come to the place where they allow us to have some creativity in the projects do you get a lot of those calls like I call and go can you is it possible right. they all start like they, that they I'm do. sure you get those as well Tom they do but they they generally come with an idea they have you know a, a certain thing going on a certain style a certain uh, idea and you know that helps us a lot because it narrows the field you know and then they let us kind of get a little more creative from that point uh, forward I'm always very interested you guys love what you do and I'm always very interested in people it's like they say follow your bliss and you'll never work a day in your life and we know how hard it is so what would you tell someone that just was starting out today, wanted to be their own boss, what would you, what advice would you give them? Hmm, I think that, um, I think there's a lot of uh, pump priming involved. Uh, once you, once you kind of get the water flowing, it's not quite as hard to keep it going. Uh, but I, I think it was two or three years into Parish Inc. before any of us saw a dime. We just, we just did it for free. We all did side hustles to cover our bills till we were finally able uh, to pay ourselves. So I would say uh, be prepared to work tremendously in the beginning. Um, try to have yourself in a financial situation where you can afford personally to, to be lean. Don't be in a lot of debt. And be humble enough to take any job that keeps you going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you learn from each of those and... and, and they often lead to, to different things. Yeah, I have people call me. Uh, I had a lady call me yesterday. She said I was highly recommended by a name that I didn't recognize. So it's that all. It's all just networking and yeah. relationships. Yeah, trying to do the best job you can. Yeah. What advice would you, would you give them, Noah? Um, <laughs> I remember when I first decided to uh, go out on my own. My my dad was very concerned because uh, he was a. It still is just a basic old hippie artist, you know, self-employed artist his whole life. And uh, he said, you know, you've got a great job and you, you make a good living, you're a good provider, you'll never be able to pay yourself what you're worth. 
and uh, I'd say he's still true, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to whatever we are. 13, 14 years later, it's still, I mean, I am almost now on a personal level at, I don't know, 80% of what uh, my income was when I decided to start for myself. But what percentage yeah. are you happy at? Oh, definitely a lot, definitely a lot better. I think one of the things is, is uh, you either... You either have to do it or you don't have to do it, and you'll know. And at the end of the day, the other things will work out. I think if that's you have true. to do it, you'll do it. Living in Acadiana is not like living anywhere else. There's no doubt about that. To most casual observers, we express our uniqueness through food and music. But when you live here, you discover that one of the special qualities of life in Acadiana is quality itself. We respect integrity, decency, honesty, and hard work. And we find ways to express those sentiments in all kinds of quiet and personal ways that extends to everyday t-shirts and exceptional pieces of furniture noah and tom you're both examples of real acadiana artists craftsmen and businessmen it's been great to get to talk to you thank you both for taking time away from the shop to join me today on out to lunch thank you thank you my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Tom Brown, owner and operations director of Parish Inc., and Noah Mudge, owner and operator of Crossgrain Studios. You can find out more about Tom's t-shirts and apparel and Noah's furniture and signs by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morrell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and at itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, Acadiana style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escudet. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Collie Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles 
that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.